Vic Law, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining. How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me. So for those who are listening, Vic is an NBA player. He's on a two-way contract for the Orlando Magic and their G League affiliated team, the Lakeland Magic. Um, I want to congratulate you right off the bat, man, getting that contract. That happened, what, earlier this year? Yeah, it happened in January. Um, it was a great first step, you know, trying to get closer to what the ultimate goal is. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into all of that, let's kind of talk about your background, your playing history, start, starting to go back to the start with the high school days. So you went to high school in St. Rita, right, in Chicago? Yes, sir. Um, is that is that uh, a basketball school? Because when I read that, I was like, <laughs> and did, did I read nah. it's an all-male school too? Yeah, it's all-boy Catholic school in um, Englewood, Chicago, Seminole Western. It's kind of, I mean, I would say more so it was a football school when I went there. Like, mm -hmm. just traditionally, has been a huge football program, but I think a lot of people just know St. Rita as a sports school. Uh, you go there, um, and 98% of the students play a sport. Like, you know, like I said, it's all boys school. Yeah. The teachers are either, they're either regular, you know, teachers, they're um, priests, or they're coaches. So you kind of get a, a mix of all three. Um, I had a great time at St. Rita, though. Um, I chose to go to St. Rita just because of the basketball coach. The coach had moved to, Chicago from New York after having a long New York, like successful career, having NBA players and a lot of, you know, division one college players. Mm. He coached at DePaul and then he went to get back in high school. So luckily he landed at St. Rita. Gotcha. Yeah. So your senior year there, you were a four-star recruit, you were ESPN top 100 player. Did you expect that going into that kind of high school? Do you think you would get that kind of exposure by being there? Uh, well, I mean, man, I was, you know, I was much higher. I was like 25 for a long time and I got hurt. But, I, like, I think the rankings are stupid. Like, mm -hmm. if you look at, like, where we are now, yeah, like, you have some players that are ranked, and you have a ton of players that aren't ranked. Like, it's just, like, there are so many different factors that can go into people, how they progress, and, like, what factors actually help them to improve and the exposure they get. Yeah. So I think, you know, you know, if you were 15 and you were ranked super high, congrats. But unless you're at the highest level, then it doesn't really mean anything. It's funny right. you say that, Vic. So I, I, I know the guys that do um, the ESP rankings for football and then the, the, mm -hmm. the 24 7 and rivals ranking for football. And it's right. so like, what's it's, it's almost like being in, in, in high school of like, well, I like this guy. I know this guy's family. I know his dad or right. his, he's going to this school. So that's why I'm going to put right. him number one. Right. That's why none of the yeah. lists, you look at them and you'll see one guy's number 10, and then on this other list, he's number 45. It's, it's right. political, so yeah, it's funny you say that. Yeah, I mean, it's mad, I mean, it's mad objective, like, it's mad objective, like, I just think, if people really, like, if there wasn't a bias to it, then it, then it wouldn't be, like, different people doing rankings, like, it would just kind of be based on your numbers, based on, like, I guess, the team, like, your winning percentage or whatever, but, you know, it's, it's all, like, who you know, like, yeah. like, you and I, like, I think it's just a... The first thing I thought of when you said that was Steph Curry, right? Wasn't he like right. low and they gave super him super low? Yeah. I mean, like there have been like John Morant wasn't ranked. Yeah. Like there's been a ton of players that like have either weren't ranked or like, you know, they just weren't on the scene. But then they went to the right situation, they worked hard, and then they got yeah. to where, you know, there have been so many examples of players that were highly ranked and they get to this level and they don't, they like just don't know how to conduct, you know, to conduct themselves. They don't really know how to work anymore. Because once you get to like the NBA or the top leagues overseas, everyone's good. It's, it's no longer about like, oh, I'm more athletic than this guy. I'm bigger than this guy. 
like you have those like generational talents like that you couldn't make if you like made a clado person <laughs> and you have those guys that like you know are special then you have like the guys that just have to work for it like you know the guys that like have wanted it their whole lives that have grinded that have like that that have gotten to this point on work alone yeah. and like you you know what i'm saying like just the talent isn't going to beat those people because a everyone's huge everyone's fast everyone's athletic everyone's strong so it's going to take another like gear or another level that separates the good people from the rest yeah yeah that's very well put so then after that um, you went to Northwestern, played college hoops there. Why'd you choose? Why'd you choose Northwestern? Man, to be honest with you, Northwestern was my mom's dream school. Um, she was huge on academics. Um, my whole family is, but like when it came down to it, Northwestern seemed like the perfect mix of academics and athletics. Being in the Big Ten, I thought I would be able to be put on a good stage to showcase what I could do, while also having Coach Collins there to kind of, you know, mold me and and you know guide me through the process. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it paid off. You're, you're playing professional, so. No, no, for sure. I don't regret anything. Like, you know, it all worked out. Definitely. Who, um, you know, you were at four years at Northwestern, correct? Or three years? Yeah, four well, years. I guess, you know, with all the games you played, I would probably say it's 120 games at Northwestern you played if you averaged 30 a year. Who was the best, I guess, player or team that you end up playing against? And also who, besides yourself, who was the best player that you played with throughout your four years? So um, the best uh, team that we played was my freshman year where we played that Wisconsin team that went to the final four two years in a row. You know, they had Frank Comiskey who won, yeah, at the Wooden Award, Sam Decker, Nigel Hayes, Bronson Koenig. Um, they had a squad. Duye Duke, and they, they, had, they had a ton of players. So, yeah. And they all played, you know, super well together, and Bo Ryan was such a good coach. Yeah. Yeah, funny story about Frank. My little brother played him in high school because he went to Benedict Academy. Bennett. And right. <laughs> my little brother was solid at the time. He's like, dude, I've never seen a white dude <laughs> literally drop step dunk on me every single play. Because he was <laughs> 10, and he'd step out, yeah. hit a three. It was just – he said it was the most unfair game that they've ever played was against Benedict I mean, Academy. What's funny is Frank wasn't, you know, ranked super high. Like, he was redshirted his uh, freshman year at Wisconsin. And yeah, I don't, I don't know what Wisconsin does, but they redshirt everybody, and it just seems like after the redshirt year, they're all great. Yeah. So whatever they got, whatever development program they got over there is really paying off for them. What about the roster that you played with in terms of your four turn four years there? Man, I played with a lot of good players, like you know Brian McIntosh is really good, Derek Pardon, Scott Lindsay. Um, you know, I've just played with a, I've played with a plethora of good guys, Sonny Lumpkin. Like I'm not gonna say I, I'm not gonna pick yeah. um, uh, a best one just for. So I don't got to get a text message later. <laughs> but um, now I play with a lot of good guys. I would say the best player I played against, like, individually, probably was D'Angelo Russell or Nigel Williams Gossett. Uh, yeah, Northwestern, I mean, they, they breed athletes. You're actually the second person we were just talking about before we started, uh, second hey, athlete that we got on the podcast from Northwestern. We had Justin Jackson running back there, yeah. obviously, plays for the Chargers now. So, obviously, going to Northwestern, you know, you definitely get that education. You get that athletic experience. And then you're in the Big Ten as well, right? You were all defensive. No, for sure. All defensive team, 2017. Now, does that go all to the hard work that you're thinking? Like, so when you're, when you're getting that award in, in terms of that, mm-hmm. what's going through your mind? Is, was that something, that, a goal you set up for yourself? Or is that just something that kind of just came with your role on the team? Well, I mean, I think, you know, and I, and I, I think this is, it was funny that early in the year, he had kind of said this in an interview and he just kind of blew up. 
but Jamie Butler was, you know, getting interviewed and he was like, what's, um, they, you know, they asked him like, what's your talent? Like, what makes you good, I guess. And he was like, you know, I might not be the fastest. I might not be the best shooter. I might not be the strongest or whatever, but he was like, I'm not scared to play anybody. And I'm like the, the best competitor you'll ever play against. I'm like, that's my talent. And I like really, you know, really resonated with me because more than anything, like I'm super fiery as a competitor, you know, and every time like I go out there, I play as hard as I can. And like my, the team and my matchup, like I know like aren't going to have like easy game that game. Like I just take it personal every time I go on the court and try to give it my, you know, my best every time. So getting all defensive team was a good honor, but you know, it wasn't where I wanted to go. Like I didn't make any all big 10 teams. And, you know, like throughout my whole career, I feel like it's always been, you know, a step behind or like, you know, I, I haven't been recognized for everything that I've done, but, you know, it's it's the little small battles, you know, year by year, we're getting better and better. So hopefully, you know, with this two-way and with, with the more accolades that come, uh, I'll finally reach my dream. Yeah. How how has that transition been from, you know, playing in college for four years to like, now yeah. you're playing your, 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 your G League, you're playing... Um, on the Magic NBA, like how has that trans transition been for you, um, jumping from mm -hmm. collegiate to, to the pros? Well, I mean, man, like throughout the whole draft process, like I went drafted, but had a ton of workouts, like working out with the guys that eventually became drafted. And I mean, let's just keep it real. Like I'm going into workouts and I'm busting their ass. You know, I'm, I'm like going into workouts. Like it's not like you know, it's not to the point where it's like like I'm going to workouts and it's like oh, man, like, I can see, like, why you got drafted. Nah, like, nah, like, I'm giving him bucket, bucket, bucket. Like, what do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you, it doesn't else you want to see. But at the end of the day, like, I saw, like, throughout my career, like, I kept getting hurt. There were reasons why I didn't get drafted. But, like, going to the workouts, like, you know, you see the level of talent and you're like, man, I'm, if you're 1A, I'm 1B. Like, you know, it's right there. Right there. Like, it's all, I'm not, yes, yeah, so I'm not, like, Going to any of the workouts, like trying to back down from nobody. Oh, you went to Tennessee. Oh, cool. I got recruited by Tennessee too. Like I could have been right there with you. You know, I'm not, you know, scared to go in there and compete toe to toe with people. Like I thought I had a lot of good workouts. It just didn't, you know, uh, go go I wanted on draft night. But I mean, draft night itself. Like after that, that was a huge reality check for me. Just like I got to push myself even more to like get where I want to go, because having a good education like Northwestern, like I have a ton of options if I wanted to, to fall back on, but the NBA is like, that's what I want to do. Like, that's where my focus is. That's where I put my eggs in this chapter of my life. So there was no, like, there was no break. There was no hesitation. Luckily I fell to Lakeland and Orlando picked me up. I thought Lakeland was a great situation for me, the coaching, the management, you know, they really allowed me to develop and believed in me so I could take steps forward. Yeah. So I was actually going to ask, I was going to ask you that. So has that always been your end game, your main goal throughout, you know, your whole playing career since you were younger is to make it to the league? Is that something you always wanted to do? Yeah, I think like more than anything, I've, I've just always wanted to be successful and have room to protect my family and, and uh, give them a good life. And I thought, you know, with this, this basketball opportunity and my talent and my love for the game, like I would be able to do that in the NBA. And, you know, like I said, I'm just competitive. Like, I don't think, um, there's that many people my age, at least, that are that much better than me. Like, I think even, like, seeing, like, a talent in the G League and when I'm playing against, like, I'm right there, you know? Like, I just have that belief in myself. And I think um, moving forward as I, you know, keep continue to hopefully get these blessings that I handle and, and attack these opportunities. But, yeah, man, you know, being in the NBA has always been a huge accomplishment and a huge goal of mine.
And I mean, that's what was it just a couple of days ago? You got all G League honors, right? Yeah. Yeah. How was that? So, they, I mean, yeah. You get the call, or did, did they just find out on like social media? Like, how did you find out that you made? No. It? So I, I didn't know my dad had called me. I was super excited, and was just telling me about it. And then I got on Instagram, and you know, I saw the post, but I didn't know. Um, obviously, it was a huge accomplishment. I was so happy that I, I was able to get it. Um, just another blessing that came my way. You know, I thought the G League, the team, um, and I really meshed well together. Like the coaching staff, like I said, just put me in positions to have been successful. So, you know, I, I thought it, it was just a, a hand and glove fit. Like I thought I really played well with Lakeland. And um, the Orlando Magic organization was just good for me. Very cool. When you when you got the call to, I guess, how did how's the process of you playing in the G League and then getting the call to to play up on the Magic games? Like, right, right. They give you a heads up. Is it just like a hey, dude? Uh, drive yeah, over. I, we need you now. Like, why, how does that go? Well, I mean, it is like at any moment they can say like, "Yo, we need Vic tomorrow" or something. But I'll actually give you guys a cool story. Let me just look it up so I can give you the exact date. Because I've been having to tell this story, and you know, I, I just don't want to get it wrong. Um, while he, while he's looking, hey, remember how we would always used to go to Northwestern every summer to play that basketball tournament? Always get our asses bust. Get whopped <laughs> every year. Literally get whopped. Well, it was. We were tough. Did the basketball tournament at Northwestern? Every summer they would hold, they would hold, they would hold like a big, big ass summer tournament for all like the mm -hmm. suburb schools, right? Even all the city schools, and we were invited every year. I don't know how we were, but we were. Right? Is that how it worked? We were tough because we had our. I feel like our year, every other team was stacked. We had to play Ryan Boatwright, who won a championship yeah. with UConn. Yeah, yeah. John Sherna, yeah. who was a six yeah. eight. Who, who, who Sherna grew seven inches in one. I mean, Sherna's the all-time leading scorer at Northwestern. Yeah, it's just like guys Drew like Crawford that. Crawford as like, well. We, we went against Drew Crawford. You played Drew too? Dude, let me tell you a story about Drew wow. real quick, man. Dude, in high school, we played against him. Naperville Central. Is that Naperville Central? Yeah, yeah. we went to Grand Bar North, and we were winning. And this dude heaves up like a third, like a like a more than a half-court shot for the win. And, and made it. And made it. And they were at our place. <laughs> And the next day or our next practice for each turnover that we did, we had to run a, a suicide based off of that loss. It was the most brutal bullshit thing Ooh. ever. <laughs> Playing against Drew for four years, I Wait. hated watching NBA games because I'd see his dad and I would just remember. Yeah. Him. Like, oh, but he's Wait, so nice. He's one of the nicest guys in the world. You know? No, nah, Drew is awesome. But you're just carrying, you're saying, uh, had you guys not lost that game, you don't think you would have ran? Oh, hell no. No, no. <laughs> we we would have been good. I don't think we should have even ran that game. The dude shot up a prayer and made that shit. And tossed us with W, but that's, you know, I was our coach. I guess that was like we were good and be able to beat it. Yeah, we have, we have so many memories of, of uh, players that we played in high schools and we um, that ended up going to play on Northwestern. Um, right. What was, um, Corinne, what was that dude from Glenbard East's name? Uh, Mike, uh, what's his name? The one that dunked out of you? You're about Posey. to see. Yeah. Vic, funny story. We we played what was his name? Posey. Um, Mike Posey. Played on Northwest okay. in 2008 to 2000. And yeah, we don't got to tell this story. But yeah, yeah. Right. Anyways, we're like, all right, Corinne, <laughs> we're in a 2 3 zone. They're going to do a back screen for an alley oop to Kaposi. Kaposi was 6 7. We're like, all right, Corinne, right. be ready for it. Be ready. I was on, I was on the bench because I was trash this year. Um, right. All of a sudden, I'm like, we see him setting up. I'm like, okay, Kaposi's on the baseline. They're getting ready. Right. I'm like, Corinne, be ready. And I don't know what was going through this man's head. I'll tell you in a second. The opposite way. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> he's behind you. Dude, and all of a sudden, you see the ball come up. You see Corinne's head turn. 
Capozzi's nuts all in his face. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, that I think a- that was right after halftime. The game was tied. Once he made that dunk, in his face, right, the game gonna, was over. We're gonna lose this game. Yeah, the game was over. <laughs> let me let me uh, stick up for myself there because I was a junior. Well, first of all, that shouldn't have happened. So I I won't fall for that. But I was a junior. That was they were all seniors. So I got called up to play, and that was like my first varsity minutes, right? And I was, dude, I was so nervous, bro. Like, and then I I'll, I'll never forget. I had gum in my mouth, and the freaking gum was melting in my mouth. I had to go Are to. Are you the chewing so hard? Because I guess I was just so hot. My body was heated, and I was nervous. That should never happen before. I ran to the bench real quick, spit that shit out, come back in. I just got dunked on. <laughs> First of hey, all, I learned from that, though. It's all about hey, That's one of those plays where you're like, ah, shit. <laughs> I, I was sitting on the bench, like, come on, man. Just turn. Bring it in. Like, oh. hey, I learned from it, though. I learned from it. Yeah. Just turn hey, your yeah, head. Man, you know, the best of us. Yeah. No, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Uh, no, but uh, the first, uh, the first time I had been called, I got called up, was um, January sixteenth. We were playing, supposed to play the Clippers, but I was on a G League road trip at the time, and um, we were in Greensboro. And uh, I don't, I don't know what date the sixteenth was, but um, let's see, it was on a Thursday. So that's how I uh, we played on Tuesday or played Wednesday. I had to get on a flight from North Carolina because the coach had said Vic's going to be up on Thursday against the Clippers. So I pack all my shit up. My flight's at like 7.30 a.m. So I go to the airport. Because the flight was booked at such last minute, I had to fly to New Jersey to fly back down to Orlando. Okay. The game that night is at, let's say it's at 7. My flight from... North Carolina to New Jersey is from 7.30 to 8.30. My flight from New Jersey to Orlando is at 9. So the flight got delayed. So I land in New Jersey maybe at 8.50. And, of course, at the New Jersey airport. We land on the other side of the airport. So I have to sprint across the airport Newark. to get to, yeah, I think, to get to the, my gate. I'm the last person that gets on. We, I'm, like, you know, just so relieved that I'm finally on the plane, like, it's happening, you know. I get to go to my first NBA game and be part of the team. Get to MCO in Orlando. Uh, they lose my bags. The <laughs> only bag I have is my book bag with my pair of shoes in and my wallet. That's it. Yeah. I tell the magic, like, you know, I, I think I was supposed to like go to the game, and I don't know if I was gonna like even suit up. Like, I was just gonna, you know, be on the bench and just kind of like see the first, you know, be acclimated. Um, and I, I get there. And, you know, we rushed to shoot around because shoot around at noon. And the coach is like, well, before, okay, before even that, I get in the gym and I'm super excited to see everybody again, right? I'm just all smiles. Every, you know what I mean? I'm super bubbly, like, you know, loud. Yeah. Everyone's walking around like zombies because this is the day Kobe died. Oh. So, like, and I didn't know that because I'm on the plane when the news broke. Mm. So I get there, everyone's walking around like zombies. You know, like, you know, I don't believe it. When I talk to my teammates, they're like, Kobe died. Like, you know, I'm like, no, stop joking. Yeah. The coach comes in and, and confirms it. You know, it doesn't really seem real, right? And they turn, they turn the news on and stuff, and it's there. And I think the clip, like, you know, like, none of the teams wanted to play. But at the time, the NBA was like, well, you know, we already have to – we have to start the game because so many games have already been played. Like, well, you know, yada, yada, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it was just a whirlwind of things. Like, I don't have my bags. Kobe had just died. I didn't think I was going to play and end up getting out there. 
So, you know, it was just, you know, whirlwind and stuff, man. But, uh, I, you know, I hope I, you know, I wish Kobe hadn't passed away, obviously, but uh, that's just a, a memory I would never forget. Yeah, that was the, that was on the 26th. I'll, I'll always. I wasn't 26. Yeah, the Sunday, Sunday the 26th mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah. Dang. So, so how is that though? When you get called up, like, are you? Are, do you communicate with like the active roster with the the Magic? Like, are, is everybody all boys between the G League team and the the Magic roster? So, no, not really. But like, it, it's kind of tough because you know, it's two. It's like two different worlds. Like, you know, when when you're in the G League, you kind of mess with the G League teammates. You know, that's that's who you have your experiences with, your moments that you have to play with. So that's who you kind of get close with. Then if you are lucky enough to get called up and move to the NBA team, it's like developing those relationships all over again. Luckily, I was with um, Orlando in the preseason, so I've been introduced and I met all the guys, kind of interacted with them a little bit before. But when I got called up again, it was like, you know, I had to, you know, kind of uh, recover that ground that I lost, um, kind of reacclimate myself to the team. Gotcha. Yeah, so so for those who are listening, a two-way contract is essentially you're, both, you're on both rosters. You split time between – the, the NBA team, so in this case, it's Orlando Magic, and then the affiliate, the G League team, the Lakeland Magic. And essentially, the G League is pretty much the minor leagues of the NBA, right, where they right. developmental league. Um, yeah. And then your salary is essentially flexed depending on which roster you're playing for, right, which game you're right. playing for. That's how that works. Well, you get a, so you get a base. So two ways to get a base, I think, of around $70,000. Mm-hmm. And then – Every time, so you get a maximum of 43 days to be with the main team. Every time you're up with the main team, you get a, they call it like a, a day. And a day, you get a, like a compensated, prorated version of the league minimum. So you get around $5,500 a day. So those days can add up. So, you know, like, I don't know what the grand total is of a two-way, but mm-hmm. it, it just adds up like that. It, so depending on, like, if a team likes you or, you know, if they want to actually utilize you, if they bring you up a ton, like that's a huge incentive for you to get the extra money. Yeah. Um, just in your it gives you that. It gives you that opportunity to bust all those guys that you know were sleeping on you during training camp, right? You come no, back for sure. And get, get kind of that person. Absolutely. Reason. And more so, just kind of proving it to yourself too, right? That you belong with right. them. No, for sure. I mean, like, and at, at that point when I finally got moved up, like the game had slowed down so much for me. Like I. I felt like when training camp, I was just going so fast. I didn't know what, what to expect. I didn't know what was going on. It just seemed like everything was coming at me at 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you know, as I got through the G League season, beginning of a talk through it with my coaches, um, it just slowed down. You know, I became much more comfortable playing and just playing at my own pace. That's very cool. All right. With, the, with everything going on with the coronavirus and stuff, and the NBA restarting. Are you a part of this? Are they pulling you up for this? Or where? what conversations have you had? So, yeah, luckily enough, I am on the, the bubble roster. I've been in Orlando for about a month and a half doing the individual workouts, just trying to get back in shape. Nice. Uh, really push myself. And, uh, I mean, it's been great. Like, I've been treating this as, like, a year two. You know, like, I had my, my two-month break. So, like, that was my offseason. I felt like and when I came back and started working out, that was me getting ready. So, if, I, if my opportunity does come, I'm ready for it. So I left, well, I left Orlando and went into quarantine. I was 194. I came back and was 218, and I was 7% body fat. So mm. I was just, like, absolutely ready to go. Now I'm back in shape, feeling a lot better. Just, you know, I'm, I'm ready to take the next step, I guess. And I'm just waiting for whatever opportunity comes. You know, I'll be more prepared to handle it. So, so as a player that's on a two-way contract, how does that 
how do you kind of mentally stay focused, right? Because it's, it's more so kind of like what's going to happen kind of a thing, right? So right. Well, you kind of just said, like, if I get that call, how do you keep yourself focused and mentally sharp and while staying in shape and doing all the things you need to be doing, you know, off the court? Man, it, it's it's hard. Like, it's really hard. Like, I, I tip my cap to the guys that can sit game after game, you know, just wait. And then right when they think it's not going to happen, their moment comes and they're just ready to, you know, tackle it. Like, that is one of the hardest things that I've had to kind of, get my head around and honestly like and it's funny because um on my podcast like I, I talked to one of the walk-ons from Northwestern mm-hmm. and, and it's almost like you can equate being a two-way as being a walk-on because you you sit you wait you wait you wait you know you have to watch the rotation guys you're watching the game you're just learning you know you're, you're kind of soaking your knowledge of the NBA the experiences everything and it's almost like you know your minutes might come at the very end, like with like a minute left, 30 seconds, two minutes, whatever. And I just remember that's how, like, when I was in college, us, Charlie Hall, Tino Malnati would get those minutes. And they were always complaining and say, like, yo, my, my legs are dead, my back's tight. Like, what are you, like, you know, what am I supposed to do with now? And now, like, it's so funny that I can see, like, what they actually meant. Yeah. Because that is so hard. Like, it, 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 it's so different from being, like, the guy on your G League team, having the ball, doing everything. Then going up to a different this main team and kind of having to sit and just watch and learn and support your teammates. And you're just sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. And then you kind of get thrown out there like a minute or two minutes. And it's like, you know, show me what you got. Yeah. And it's like, let me tell you, when you sit for, for three hours and you play two minutes as fast as you can, it's not a lot of God that I can show you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you – after that game is over, do you go back to Lakeland? Like, do you have a specific amount of games that you're you're called up for, or is it by a game-by-game basis? Well, I mean, I, I went up in January, and then went back down for a little bit. But then after uh, I was up in February, I was just kind of up with the Magic until, nice. you know, quarantine hit. So I didn't, hadn't went back down with the team. Gotcha. So with the G League, obviously there's the, the, the speed is different out of college, right, when you were in training mm-hmm. camp, being in G League. Yeah. Is there a difference when you make that next step, too? when you're with the actual Orlando team? For sure. I mean, you know, talent just, just goes up. But, yeah, I mean, you prepare for it. Like, like I, I would say, like, the NBA, like – Varsity and junior varsity. so mental. Not, not even that. Like, really? I, I don't know. Like, I don't even know how I equate it. Like, it, it's just mental. Yeah. If you – when you can wrap your head, your mind around playing in front of thousands, playing with, like, your, you know, your idol against your idols, with these guys that make so much money, like, you're, you're good, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't – and I can only do say this to my person. Like, you don't work this long to then get out there and just say, like, oh, now I'm not good enough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like a mental game. Like, I'm sure, like, people, we all prepare our bodies and physical attributes for that stage. And then when you get on that stage, like, it's just, like, your mind having to catch up with your physical ability. What are kind of the things that you learned from the G League to get you ready to to to, to keep you sharp, right? I saw you that you dropped right, a forty man. piece. You dropped a forty piece in the G League, right? So obviously Boy. you got the and the scoring. I, mean, watch out, I had I had forty. You know, we 11, saw those highlights. Come on, now. Oh, okay, okay. Back to back. Set it full step back. Yeah, I just saw the forty. Hey, I'm like, hey, come on, man. That was back to back. That was two big double doubles back to back. It gets buckets, all right. But do do you feel like you're on a microscope when that happens, or like you know every game somebody's watching me in the G League? You know, I got you know 
scouts or coach, somebody may be watching yeah, you. Yeah. You just go out there and just I play. Mean, I think I think a lot of people in G League kind of like think that they have the ball out every game because you know it's their only chance. But I don't. Th- I I didn't really think like that. I didn't want to put that much pressure on myself. But like I f- I felt like that game was the turning point for me moving forward. Like I, I had been playing better, you know, as they were coming up to the Christmas break. And then the Christmas break happens, and a lot, like it was a lot of talk in our locker room that like when we came back, like our first two games will be in Milwaukee or Wisconsin against the herd, and they were the best team in the G League, you know. And we had played them earlier in the season, and their style of play was just so up and down, just so exhausting, like you know whatever. And we're coming off a break, playing these guys in the back to back at their home place. It was like you know, so a lot of us were just like, man, let's get ready for the Wisconsin. You better prepare yourself over this break, and you know, just coming back. And playing them and having those two good games, you know, I was just like, oh, you guys just fucked up. Like, I, I, I got it now. Like, I figured it out now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it was just like that had – like, something had clicked. And mentally, I was just, like, in my own space. Like, I was in the zone then. Like, no one could take me out of what I have been doing. I haven't put in the work in. My confidence was there. You know, like, now I'm just locked in now. Now you can't you, – I'm already buckled in, man. You can't take me out. That's what's up. Very cool, man. Hey, so – um. You know, I know <laughs> growing up, I know you were a dunker in high school. Uh, mm-hmm. How does it feel to be around uh, like an Aaron Gordon type guy or, or, or the Terrence Ross guys that have won dunk contests? And have you seen their athleticism in hand? Were you on the team when Aaron Gordon got robbed um, in the <laughs> yeah. dunk contest with the help of my uh, team flight brother's friend, Chuck Milan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, uh, you know, so in practice every day, like you see those dudes flying, but. So two things. One, I think I have the like top three highest verse on the team. Mm. So I, I'm right there, man. Like I don't, I don't dunk like I used to. But yeah, I I say, will, how I are those knees? Are those knees okay? Hey, Avery, Avery, I won't just go down and like dunk with somebody. If I can get, get you on the back door, cutting your head is turned. I have 100% <laughs> He's about to do a Mike Capossi on me. Dog. <laughs> I just got flashbacks. Like, dunking away. that. <laughs> But um, so in training camp, when I first got down to Orlando, we were playing open gyms, and then we started doing, like, real training camp. I had, um, you know, we were playing three-on-threes, and I was guarding uh, AG. And I, I tell you, like, it, it was one of the most incredible moves I've, I've ever seen in my life. So he drives middle. It's like an obvious drive, and I cut it off. doesn't, like, spin towards it, but kind of, like, almost – he's going fading left, shoots the right-handed, like, hook going like that. So I'm like, and, it, and it, it hits the rim right on the front of the rim, and it's short. So it pops right back up. I'm like, oh, I got this. So I go and run to get it. And when I tell you this man is all on my back trying to dunk it, <laughs> I have never – like, I, I, I went to jump to Puerto Rebound before he had landed, I thought. So yeah. I've never seen, like, someone with, like, that much explosion that quick off the ground. The only reason, like, he missed it was because he tried to dunk it too hard. Yeah. <laughs> I <was> like, man. <laughs> And the other other rookies on the baseline were like, hey, hey, Vic, I got you. Come on, I got you. (laughs) You take one off after that one. (laughs) (laughs) We got to take you out the game, man. You got to out for a second. (laughs) Right. uh, Being in Orlando for the past couple months, how do you like it out there? Like, you you grew up in Chicago, and then, you know, Northwestern was – you know, kind of like the north north side, north burbs. How do you like being in Orlando? I mean, it's cool. The weather is really um, obviously nice. But, I mean, the people down here are kind of – I mean, the corona is 
running rampant down here right now. Hey, they don't give and a shit it's in Florida. Almost man. no. Everything's <laughs> open. Half the people like half the people will wear the mask, and then half the people will look at you weird for wearing the mask. Right. You hey. know, so it's like it, it's it's wild. Like they just shut the bars down, but like before, their bars are open. No social, you know, people are in there rubbing elbows. <laughs> like, you know, like you guys are wild. Like, when you go to the grocery store, half people, not even half, maybe like five people have a mask on, and the rest of the populace will, you know, not. And they just started enforcing it. Like, you can't come in unless you have a mask. So, Florida's interesting, man. Oh, <laughs> Definitely yeah. um, a different vibe. Yeah, yeah. I went to school down there. I went to University of Miami. So, Floridians, they think, oh, nice. they, they think different, man. <laughs> I can speak from experience. Are you a Miami guy? Do you like Miami? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a bull, like Chicago sport. I follow Chicago sports, but I am a Miami college wise, a Miami, obviously. So, so, but I'm saying if you had to pick a location, Chicago or Miami? Damn, see, that's tough. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about where Miami is, I'm talking about the university. I'm talking about like Miami, the city. Um, so it's weird because when I was there, once when college finished, you know, that week after mm-hmm. college where people are moving out and shit, and you're like, damn, yeah. college is over. And yeah. you actually look at the city and it's like, damn, this city is only good if you are in college, if you're retired, or if you have a shit ton of money. Right. And, and at that point, I, I wasn't either, either of those. So I was like, <laughs> like, hey, let's have to go back over to Chicago. <laughs> I think now as I get older, I, I wouldn't mind the city living there. Oh, really? Now that I well, that's what a lot of my teammates are saying is that Miami is just like, if you don't have a ton of money, like yeah. you can't really enjoy Miami. That's more South Beach. Like once you cross the bridge and you get to Ocean Drive, you know, stuff you see in music videos. And yeah. Smith's Welcome to My Music Video. That's, which, by the way, is one of the reasons I wanted to go down there. I saw that music video. I, like, oh, <laughs> I got to go to school there. Got to go to Miami, right? Yeah. But like if you live in the downtown area and like more of the suburbs, you know, it's affordable. You just got to find the right place. It's just like any other right. city. Bro, if, if, if Chicago, if it wasn't for the weather, it's only the weather here, man, right? Because right. it's summertime shy. I know you're in Orlando right now, but obviously you can't, you can't beat summertime shy, man. That's like no, no. So I was telling everybody like down here, like they were like the, the weather in Chicago. So I was like, if you're in Chicago in those four months when it's like real nice, yeah. like, I think Chicago is the best city like in the world. But yeah. in those winter months when it's great for seven months, man, I, I, I can't do it. Yeah. I just, I can't, I can't take it. Yeah. How does it, how does it feel, how does it feel repping Chicago while you're down there and, you know, with your career and all that? How, how, how is that? You know, a lot of, a lot of Chicago hoopers come out of Chicago, you know, that pride that we all have. Does oh, that no, I, and I think that's like, you know, I said my like fiery nature. I think it's just like the Chicago. Like, yeah. You know, like, I don't know. When I was in high school, even at college, when we finished a practice, every day was a, you had to play one on ones with your homies. Like, it was like, all right, who's the best? Like, you know, like, let's play one on one. You know, you're talking trash, you fouling, grabbing, like, you know, you do everything. And you mm-hmm. get like to these, you play other people. I'm not saying everybody else is soft, but like, it's almost like that, like, that chip isn't there for a lot of people it is just weird to me yeah like people will go like in a g league game like people will go like 0 for 15 and then they're just like oh you know i wanted the next one i don't know sir might be in gym for two hours and i go over 15. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it kind of is that chicago mentality right right when you got there, like oh okay i can give you guys buckets you know i can right. do this kind of thing it's all a mental thing did you ever think like this was going to happen where you're at now? Or was it more so, okay, I may have to play overseas kind of thing? Or was your, and, hey, man, was your game I, in NBA or whatever opportunity it gives you? At the beginning, like um, before the draft, I just didn't know. Like I was just telling my agent, let's steal whatever we get. And I'll take what, what the best, what what's best for me, you know? And my agent was like, all right, a couple overseas teams want you, but 
you know, I, I think he's like, I think you got a chance. Like, he's like, I think Orlando has one of the best G League, you know, farm systems. Let's try that. And, you know, let's just go from there. He's like, we don't have to rush into anything. Let's just see how it is, you know, and let's give you a shot. He's like, the G League's getting a lot better. There are players. He's like, he's like, if we're being honest, the G League has some of the best talent in the world, too. Like, it may not pay as much as, like, a Spain or Russia, but if you put the best team in the G League against the best team in Russia, like, he's like, I don't know. You might have a game. Yeah. And obviously, you know, like those, the Madrids that had Luka and stuff, obviously might win. But, like, he's like, you know, every team's not like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, all those top teams aren't as good as their team. So, he's like, let's just see. So, I'm glad, you know, we did the G League route. And, you know, now that I'm on the two-way, like, let's see. You know, I'm like, I got my foot halfway in the door. Like, like let's see what's next. So are you locked in then with that contract? How does that work moving forward? Yeah, so I'm guaranteed through November. And then I'm a restricted free agent. And, you know, it, it just keeps looking better. Like, I made all NBA G League team. Yeah, man. I made the bubble I made the bubble roster. Um, you know, so, like, let's just see what happens. In October, let's just have our fingers crossed and hope something good happens. Yeah. 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 That's cool, man. We're, I mean, we're, we're – we're, Hoping for the best for you, man, because you know I need All right. you gotta borrow some money, man. So I need you to make. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think I think you gave me a pair of Under Armour basketball shoes, and those might cost what five thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us take or something like that. That's funny. So, so what's going on with NBA now? Moving forward, what are they telling you? Are you gonna be hooping, or uh, what's going on? Well, yeah. Well, um, you know, on July seventh, we leave to go into the uh, bubble. Um, it's kind of crazy. Like everything that's like on Twitter or like that Woj tweets is like everything that we learn. Like we like you like it's we learn the same stuff. And I, you know, talking to my dad, it's funny. Like he'll tell me something that I haven't even heard yet. <laughs> and so like you know, so a lot like we're supposed to play. Like everything's set. Um, you know, I've sent some of my stuff over there already. So right now, you know, we're just in the waiting process, doing these mandatory workouts. And then yeah. next week, it's it's a go. Well, the good thing is down the street, right? You're already in Orlando, so it's not oh, that yeah. difference, right? Right. You think that bubble thing will fuck you up a little bit? Like, damn, I'm actually playing. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. come on. Three months of nothing? That's crazy. And the crazy. first, like, the first 48 hours, you can't leave your room. Oh, for real? I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and for me, like, it's not that bad because, like, I don't have kids. Like, I'm not a grown man. Like, I'm a grown man, but I'm not 35, you know? Yeah. Like, there are dudes who, like, yeah, there are dudes who have, like, three homes across the United States with multiple kids and a wife and you're going to tell them, okay, you're going into a hotel. You can't leave your room for the first two days. You can't leave your hotel for the first couple of weeks. Um, but you can golf and go to the bar, I guess, like downstairs. <laughs> Here you go for three months. Yeah. And, and like, just imagine the teams that like aren't the Lakers or Bucks. I mean, I'm saying like for, for a magic is different because we are in the playoffs right now, but like the Kings, the Suns, the Wizards, yeah. Like, can you imagine, like, telling, like, one of those guys, like, yo, you're going to go to the bubble, and you have to stay in the bubble for a minimum of two months, and there's no guarantee you go to the playoffs. You're just kind of finishing out the season. Yeah. It's funny you say that, because I was just reading guys like Devin Booker, you know, with the Sun, they're like, nah, I'm good. You know, we're probably yeah. going to make the playoffs anyway. Why am I going to put myself through all that, right? And I kind of see that and, point. And the Suns have to, like, the Suns are six games out, and they're chasing the Grizzlies. The Suns would have to win almost every game to get into the playoffs. Yeah. And the Grizzlies would have to lose every game. Yeah. And the Suns, like, schedule isn't easy. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like a – and then you're, you're talking to guys who already have, like, a ton of money. So, when you, like, you know, you kind of give them the – all right, if you don't go, like, we're going to, you know, take a 
a four percent of your salary. You know, so like it's I don't know. It's like gives and takes. Like obviously, a guy in my position, like I want to go. Yeah. It's a, it's gonna be a part of history. Like this season will go down, and history. Like I want to you know experience all of it. It's a good opportunity. But I can I understand a lot of guys like why they wouldn't play. Yeah, at least at the end of the day, you can start hooping again, right? You're doing what you right. love. I mean, would you? I mean, would so would you go in the bubble if you were like a veteran, right? And you, you know, are an established veteran in the NBA, and you're a team that's like not, you're like a team outside the playoffs, and you have to play your way in. Would you go? And you have kids, like you know, you're a family man. Hey, well, Avery is a family man now, so. Yeah, family man. I just had a daughter, so I. Oh, congratulations, man! Uh, thanks, man. Thanks. She's she's a little light for my liking. I'm like, hold on now, this little white thing. What you mean, dog? You white? I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> no, she's great. I love her. She's she's great. She's great. I love her. But um, I I honestly I don't think I'd go. I I if if yeah. I got the money, yeah. If I got the money, if I played on a team that obviously wasn't gonna win the championship, um. Yeah. I think I'd say no. Um, yeah. If I was on the Lakers, well, you, you might say yeah. I would say yeah because it's like I can get a chip. You know, this could be the one year that I get a right. chip because who knows what LeBron's going to look like next year, right? Or you know, in two years, whenever Giannis's contract right. up, who knows if he's going to resign? So I'm like, I if, yeah. if if that was the case, then I'd have to think about it more. But if I was on the Suns or even the even a seventh or eighth eighth seed playoff team, I think I'd say no. I think I'm with you on that, but you know, who, you know who gets so you, think, you think that I was gonna say it's, it's dudes like J.R. Smith that didn't play the whole season. They could come, uh, yeah, in, and they get in coming right away and get that little slide right in. The they get in. Yeah. So you, so you think the only purpose of like coming back to this thing and playing would really be to win a championship? And if you weren't like a contender, you would kind of just sit it out. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it would be like, I mean, what, what else is the point? I guess the, the, the other, the only other point for me is to play basketball, but I'm. Right. I I've seen on on people's Instagrams and Snapchat that they're playing pickup games that look like yeah, a game. <laughs> you know, right. and it's like, hey, you're getting but I think, things like that. I think like what you were saying, like the other point is to play basketball, and you look at Vic's case, right? I think that's the best scenario for him to go out there and start hooping and you know displaying his skill set and and get his right. name out there too, yeah. right? Just to go play. I mean, and, and that's like for the younger guys. Like some teams are saying yeah. they might be shipping it, like the Suns. If Devin Booker like says he doesn't want to play, like Ubre already got the surgery, and if Devin Booker doesn't want to play, like then they're just gonna say, "All right, f it, let's just play our young guys," yeah. and this would be like summer league for them. Like they'll just play. We'll see who we got, what we got, you know. what I'm saying, and that'll, and honestly, that'll be like a huge learning curve for them going into the next season because then you get the experience, like you get to play in games that are almost like closed scrimmages because you don't have fans there, but like it's like you're still playing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So uh, let's wrap things up here. I mean, it's, it's, it's what are you, a great experience. Yeah, yeah. What are you, what are you kind of, you know, looking forward to now in the short term, getting back there? Just going to start just balling? Is that, that your mentality now? That's just hoop? Yeah, man. Just waiting for my opportunity, man. Keep killing these workouts. Uh, just living happy, healthy, and yeah. uh, keep balling. Yes, sir, man. You know, we'll be, uh, we'll be cheering you on. It'll be, it's pretty cool, man. It shows what hard work can really get you. Sure. That mentality. Working hard, letting people know that I can bust you and I belong here. That's what's up, man. Uh, let, the, <laughs> let, let, let the people know uh, where they can follow you on social media. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at follow the underscore law and on Instagram at Vic Law Jr. That's what's up, man. That's Vic Law. Follow the law. Vic Law, everybody. Appreciate it. Appreciate Peace. it. Buddy. Thank you.